Welcome to the Superseed Ventures podcast, where we talk about trade tech, explore how startups are disrupting the construction landscape, and look to the future world of tradies. You're with Superseed's Head of Investments, Chris Pattenden. Over the next two weeks, we'll be exploring marketplaces. Like in other sectors, digital marketplaces are starting to capture market share away from brick and mortar distributors. Marketplaces offer traders convenience, wide choice, transparent pricing, and a feature-rich digital experience such as last mile insights and easy ordering. In today's episode, we'll start a little bit broader and learn from one of the most well-known marketplaces as we speak with Uber's Senior Vice President of Mobility, Andrew McDonald. We've been thinking about marketplaces for a while here at Superseed, and we've come up with four categories that we think pretty well captures the various marketplace models in the construction industry at the moment. These categories are supplier-led. So here what we're talking about is where a business has been able to build a strong customer base and an e-commerce offering, and they decide to open up their platform to third-party suppliers. This extends the product range for the customer who can purchase all they need in one place. We recently saw Woolworths launch their everyday market marketplace, which is an example of this supplier-led model. This took their offering beyond core grocery products and strengthened up what or their SKUs in the baby, house and pet product sectors. The second category we refer to as digital-first suppliers. So the best example of a digital-first supplier is Amazon, who always started with the intent of being a marketplace They invite a range of third-party suppliers, and in Amazon's case, a very large range of third-party suppliers to offer product on their site and therefore give the customer the biggest range of choice. At the same time, these businesses team the range of choice with a great customer experience. So strong search tools, um, easy to buy, so you can do it in one click, track orders, and a very simple return policy and so on. The third category, we've seen are what we call integrated marketplaces. So these are businesses that didn't start life out as a marketplace and usually not even an e-commerce store, but they have managed to capture users and engage users in a different way. And then providing the ability to buy a product in those sites just makes sense. So an example of an integrated marketplace is something like Instagram, where there are you know, users posting images and, and uh, gathering followers onto their sites. Over time, we saw influencers continue to do that but start to refer people to those brands. And then eventually, Instagram launched an integrated marketplace so that followers of those influencers were able to click and purchase through the platform at the moment of inspiration. The final category is what we call delivery-led marketplaces. So these are businesses like Uber, who first established a great delivery infrastructure of drivers and vehicles taking things to customers. Uh, These delivery businesses start to then broaden the way they deliver products. So at first it was just cars, then they introduced bikes, luxury vehicles, scooters, and then they're also able to broaden what it is that they deliver to their customers. So at first it was just delivering people from one place to another. Then they started to deliver food, parcels, and so on. And one of the things we're interested is whether a business like Uber could start to deliver construction materials out to site. So to learn more about delivery-led marketplaces 
we are joined today by Andrew McDonald from Uber. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Good to be here. Good to chat. Uh, by the way, my name is Andrew McDonald, but you can call me Mac. Everybody calls me Mac. Um, I am uh, Senior Vice President for uh, Mobility and Business Operations at Uber. So I run essentially two portfolios. One is I've got uh, P&L ownership for everything transportation that Uber does. So most most people think of Uber, they think of rideshare, so UberX and those types of products. Um, but we actually have a number of other mobility verticals that we play in. Uh, we've got public transit live in the Uber app and uh, 50 plus cities around the world. Uh, you can get bikes and scooters around in the Uber app through, through our partnership with Lime and 100 different cities around the world. Um, we've got all courts of different uh, flavors of ride share, shared rides, high capacity vehicles, all sorts of different things. So I run all of those businesses. And then I also run our B2B operations. So business development, third-party partnerships, these types of things. Um, and then Uber for Business, which is our uh, corporate uh, B2B solution suite, uh, mostly for ground travel and these and, and um, for corporate, corporate ground travel, but also have delivery solutions for companies. So that's my role. I've been with the company uh, almost nine and a half years now. So uh, have seen much of the history and evolution of the business. And uh, yeah, that takes me to today. Yeah, amazing. Uh, what a time to be with Uber. What a, what a growth story it's been over those nine years. So it's kind of like there's two parts of the business, or at least how I'm thinking about it, which is one, the way you can help deliver things. Um, and that's clearly expanded pretty rapidly. And then um, what you're delivering, I suppose, is the other side and, and obviously started with people, moved into uh, things like uh, the marketplace for food and, and there's much more than that now. Um, do, is that how you think about it? Is, is Uber thinking about those two sides? Yeah, we, we do. We, th we think of ourselves as having those two big pillars, although we actually have a, a third, smaller, earlier stage part of our business, but um, becoming more significant, which is our, our freight business, which is all about automating and bringing the same same level of efficiency to freight brokerage and activities in the freight space. But we should probably talk mostly about delivery and, and mobility because those are our two two big pillars. And yeah, as, as you say, we, we've organized our businesses around these two units. There is a lot of cross-platform synergy for these two marketplaces, um, you know, in particular, you know, if, if you think of the different sides, uh, um, transportation or mobility, it, it's traditionally you think of it as like a two-sided marketplace. So you've just got the rider and the driver and Uber's connecting the two as efficiently as possible. You know, it really is a sort of a three-sided marketplace in many places because the supplier of the vehicle may actually be different than the driver. So, you know, Uber uh, is, is actually a marketplace between the three. But but ride ride share mostly looks like a two sided marketplace, and then delivery is more of a classic three sided marketplace where you've got the courier, you've got um, the uh, person receiving the package, you know the eater or whatever, and then you've got the restaurant or the merchant, and um, so the, the it's a bit of a different problem set and. There's a, but as I said, there's a lot of synergy and, and often the, the people who will deliver food will also do rides. And so you sort of have a shared side of the marketplace on, on the earner side of the market. 
Um, and then your customer base is is very shared as well. You know, people, everybody eats, everybody takes transportation. So that is how we think about it. The, the marketplaces are a bit different, but there's there's quite a bit of overlap. And on the marketplaces in particular, how do you decide what products to bring on? Is it customer driven? You know, that they're saying, hey, why can't you send us this thing as well? And I suppose the extension of that question would be into this construction world that, that Reese lives in. And um, where, where you, how you draw a line, I suppose, around what it is that you might deliver. Yeah, I think the, you know, thinking about um, building a marketplace, I think you're, you're, you're really trying to get a flywheel going. And so, you know, when you think about what that means is getting a marketplace from zero to one, you, you, you sort of have to, um, artificially prop up the, the supply side of the market so that when you bring demand into the market, there's something for them to purchase, a ride or uh, you know, food delivery or whatever. Um, and so you're sort of doing whatever you can to subsidize to get that initial set of merchants or service providers. And then you can pour customers into that. And then as you have customers, you can bring on more suppliers and then you have more de- density of supply. And then that allows you to provide better service and more choice. And you know, that's how you get the flywheel going. And that's true for both delivery and mobility. So as you think about something like, well, how do you, how do you add new products into uh, a marketplace like that? I think the, the first thing is you, you sort of need to get density in your core offering to start. So if you think about rides like UberX, call it 90% of our business, you know, for much of our history, it's been a hundred percent of our business. Um, and, you know, if we try to introduce 15 different products on day one to be able to offer quality service on a piano delivery the same way you can on a food delivery, the same way you can on a ride, really, really hard because you just don't have supply density. You're not able to, to provide the things that customers care about, get the right size of vehicle, you know, response times, et cetera. So what you really need to do is build density in one focused area and then start adding adjacent products or services to that, right? So in the case of mobility, we built a really, really huge UberX uh, business. So, you know, just traditional point-to-point four-seater cars. Once you've got a huge set of UberX supply and a big set of customers, you say, you know what, actually, about 20% of the supply on the platform is actually six-seater vehicles or seven-seater vehicles. So now we can offer an XL offering for people that have more passengers. And you know what? 5% of the, the cars are actually you know, high-end luxury cars. So now we can offer a premium service. And you're able to then start slicing your marketplace and, and offer some of these you know, adjacent or add-on services that customers m- might want. And that's why there's a lot of um, scale advantage in, in running marketplaces because you can actually slice your network into thinner and thinner pieces. So if we wanted to go into construction delivery, we don't have plans today to do that. But if we wanted to get into bigger things, um, you know, the first place we'd look at is, well, do we have the supply base on the platform to be able to handle those things, right? Any car, any bike, any motorcycle, even walking, you know, can deliver a, a you know, bag of food. Um, but if you want to deliver, you know, plywood, you need specialized vehicles. And so we'd be able to really quickly look at our network and say a city like Sydney and say, okay, well, how many 
pickup trucks, vans, et cetera, do we have on the platform that could potentially carry construction supplies? All right, well, it's a reasonable amount. We have density such that if a customer ordered, we could get them a pickup truck within 15 minutes. All right, now let's talk about how this would work with the merchant. You know, at, at a restaurant, the courier just walks in and picks up the food from the counter and it's pretty simple, you know, for something larger supplies, larger items, you probably need more merchant support in terms of loading up the vehicle and all that. So, you know, we don't have any plans to do it. Um, you know, we tend to orient towards more like high frequency use cases, convenience use cases, both on the transportation and delivery side. But I do think over time you'll see us uh, push into more and more of these niches. And the reason we'll be able to do it is because we've got the greatest density of supply. Yeah, really useful. Thank you. And And maybe just one question around that, the consumer side is, is there something in common with the consumers um, across the different things they're ordering that makes them think yeah going to uber or you know going to a marketplace is simpler than going direct is, is there a commonality across the different buckets um it, it's a great question so you're, you're talking about as a as a retailer like why would they plug into the uber marketplace as opposed to doing their own delivery services or probably the other side so like a Let's say um, in the Reese example, you've got a trade customer who would typically go to branch to coordinate the product. They know that counter staff really well. They get insights and so on. Um, but there might be a reason they go to a, a marketplace to order that product instead. Or, or if you take a consumer example, um, I might have a favorite restaurant. I had already been receiving food from that restaurant, but, but now I start to go to Uber instead. Is there a common reason why the consumer would head to the marketplace first? Yeah, I, I think the dominant. So, so there's there's a few reasons. I think one is definitely choice, right? So, I, I know that if I go to Nike.com, I can get a pair of Nike shoes, but if I go to Amazon and search for shoes, I get fifty different brands, or or you know, and and so I think choice is is a key driver for consumers and. You know, what we've saw, seen in the delivery space in particular is every time you add choice, so more restaurants, more retailers, more grocery stores, more convenience stores, whatever it is, the more you add, the higher your customer conversion goes up. And that has proven true since day one for us. And so customers want choice and marketplaces bring a lot of different merchants together to provide that choice. So I think that's probably the biggest driver. I think the the other thing, and it's related to choice, but obviously discovery, right? So if you're, you know, if you if you open the Uber app, or you know, you're able to see places you didn't even know that were near you. You're able to see that your friends ordered them, or that they're highly rated. You know, that we suggested to you because you like this other place. So there's a sort of a discovery and curation piece to it as well, which is obviously related to choice. And then I think there's just the brand trust, right? Like if if you um, you know, if I go to Google and search restaurant delivery and find a restaurant in Toronto and, you know, call it up and have them deliver to me, the experience is just not as good. I don't have an app to track it. I'm not sure, you know, how long it will take. Whereas like if I'm using Uber Eats or other platforms like that, there's a brand promise, the reliability is there. I know if something goes wrong, I've got the customer support. So I think that becomes part of it as well. So there's a bunch of different reasons, but those those are prob probably the main ones. Um, and, and look, Marketplace 
marketplaces are the most efficient way to aggregate supply and demand. And typically that, that results in better results for the consumers, but also the suppliers. And, and is there a contest between transparency and speed? In other words, would people give up what you've just said around seeing when it's coming and knowing that it's, you know, 50, 50 minutes or less away um, compared to not having that, that great transparency experience and customer experience through the app, but it, it comes faster? I think so. I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm sure there's a customer segment that would, that would value that. Right. And this is where, um, you know, what, what you're, what the, the commodity you're dealing in is sort of matters too, right? Like I, I really care that I get my dinner order at a certain time. And generally I'm placing that order pretty close to the time I want it. That's not true for, for, you know, every, every SKU, right? Um, it, 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 you know, there's certain things where you, you actually care more about uh, getting it delivered at the right time than as fast as possible. So I think the answer is sort of, it, it depends. Beautiful, Mike. Well, I think we've covered some good ground there. Um, anything you'd like to add? No, I mean, I, look, I think, I think, um, you know, the the there's a lot of businesses that i think that can benefit from the uh, efficiency that aggregation of supply and demand can bring and so you know i, I think there's many maybe non-obvious non-consumer facing uh, verticals within business or or industry at large that are going to get a, end up getting, you know, a technology marketplace layered on top, even if it doesn't seem obvious today. So I do think it's something that every business should be thinking about. That's Andrew McDonald, Senior Vice President for Uber. To hear more about the fast-growing trade tech industry, follow Superseed Ventures on LinkedIn. To write to us, write to hello at superseed.ventures. Thanks to our producer, Remy Clark. I'm Chris Pattenden, and you've been listening to the Superseed Ventures podcast.